0: Um
1: podcasts. Podcasts.
0: Hey guys, John Barchard here. The Eagles are heading to the NFC Championship game, which means that fantasy football season must be over, right? No, no, no. With one-week fantasy football at DraftKings.com, the fantasy football season does not stop until the games do. So while your season-long league might be done, it's not too late to draft a new team and win money while doing it. At DraftKings, there's so many ways to play. You can choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against your friends. They've even got beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of similar size skill sets. And the best part, you get to draft a new team each week. And drafting a team is arguably the best part of fantasy, well aside from winning all the cash, that is. Huge cash prizes and bragging rights await only at DraftKings. Use promo code BGNR at DraftKings.com right now to play for free with your first deposit for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total prizes this Sunday. But hurry, Sunday's going to come around. We're going to be tailgating, drinking beers, and rooting for the birds. So get to DraftKings.com right now and choose your lineup and you can play for some serious cash on Sunday while going crazy at the link. That's code BGNR only at DraftKings.com.
2: Welcome into the Troy Vincent 23rd episode of the Counterpoint podcast brought to you by BGN Radio and BGNRadio.com and BleedingGreenNation.com. Got all three in there again. And the Eagles beat the Falcons and whatever. But Kian Fahey's gone, baby! I haven't been on since Kian Fahey got his ass fired from ESPN. He got his ass fired from ESPN. The mecca. the The pinnacle of his profession. And he couldn't even stay there for eight months. Key and Fahey, you rat bastard, you are done. Your pre-snap reads, you know, you're supposed to be this pre-snap read guru, what was your pre-snap read telling you about ESPN? Well, just like your evaluations, it was shit. Your evaluation of your career at ESPN was dog shit. Key and Fahey is gone. Salud, my friend. Goodbye. We don't have to read your shit anymore. You don't have to gloat on Twitter about how you work at ESPN and no one's as good as Kean Fahey. And the funniest part about everything with this whole Key and Fahey thing was how everyone who covers the NFL, does draft stuff, does their own evaluations, just shit on him. Just shit on him because he treats everyone like dog shit because he's a piece of shit. Kean Fahey is gone. Whew. Now let's get back to the Eagles. How about them, Eagles? So uh, they beat the Falcons. And it was a it was a beautiful scene in South Philly last Saturday night. Uh, I just, you know, I had this weird feeling. And, you know, in the, in the end of that game, when they were on the – where they was, was fourth down, they were on our goal line, the, the Julio Jones drop, and, and slash – it was actually a catch, but it was actually a drop. Um, that whole thing – I just wasn't worried. I don't know why I wasn't worried. This team feels different. It feels like a completely different team. I just they don't feel like your father's Eagles. And I know Carson Wentz isn't out there. I know it's Nick Foles. I know Nick Foles is bad. Like everyone's trying to go like, oh my God, like see, you're all wrong about Nick Foles. Nick Foles still fucking stinks. Like let's he played like a a competent quarterback on Saturday, which is fine. Just be a competent quarterback and and we can win this thing. But like this team just feels different. I trust them in big moments. You know, I feel like an old Eagles team would disappoint us. I just, I don't have the feeling of disappointment with this Eagles team. And even if they lose in the NFC Championship game, I still won't feel disappointed. Now, let's take a second here. Just, just give me one second here, and I want you to close your eyes. We're going to close our eyes a lot in this episode because there's a lot of things that we have to close our eyes about. But close your eyes right now, and just, just, just dream with me for one second. Are your eyes closed? Good. Now say to yourself or listen to me say it. The Eagles are one win away from going to the Super Bowl. Is that not crazy? Is that not insane? I I I have I have forgotten that multiple times this week. And then I'll just be like, "Oh wait. The Eagles are are one measly meaningless football game from going to the super bowl how fucking crazy is that does that not just put the biggest smile on your face possible i just i just can't believe it that the eagles are are one win away from this entire thing and let's go into the trust tree early in this episode because i know 2 weeks ago when the whole carson thing i was still still depressed over carson and i said I don't really want Nick Foles to win the Super Bowl and whatever. I'm kind of retracting that statement. And I did believe it at the time. I really did. And the Nick Foles people were really frustrating me. But it's time. I've put away the Nick Foles haters or Nick Foles lovers, even though they're just not right. Um, And I've gotten to the point where, obviously, I want the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. And sure, I would love Carson to be my first time, but wouldn't it be pretty freaking sweet to rub it in all the Cowboys fans' faces, all the Redskins fan faces, all the Giants fans' faces that the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles? And just imagine how good this team's going to be once Carson Wentz is back. Doesn't doesn't a uh, doesn't a part of you just like perk up, and then it turns into Philly against everyone again? Like, when I think of Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl, it's not the whole like Nick Foles sucks because he, he's not very good, but it turns into we won the freaking Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So choke on your rings from 95 because we won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles and just wait until our prodigal son returns. I've kind of gotten to that point. I've gotten to that point. I'm all bored than the, the, the Foles train. Foles is our king, Foles is our savior, sure. Whatever. We're going to get that all out. Um, it's, it's, it, it would be absolutely amazing to rub it in those fan bases' faces that we won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. But the Falcons game, like, the Eagles won the game 15-10 and also messed up a lot. I mean, they had four fumbles. They were negative two in turnover differential, they botched multiple punts. Their tackling was egregious at some points. And guess what? They still won. The Vikings had to survive on a uh, on a miracle from Stefan Diggs from the University of Maryland. Um, and their defense got shredded in the second half. I feel like everyone's just like, oh, the Vikings are coming here and roll. Are they? You said the same thing about the Falcons. Listen, here's what I'll say. This game... This game is coming down to this game's coming down to a field goal somewhere along the way. Like, I just think it's gonna be a close ass game that could go either way. But the people that are like, Oh, oh, the Vikings obviously are gonna come in there and roll. Like, you don't you don't you just don't come into South Philly and, and, and win easily. It's just it's it's we're about to turn into I know like the the last couple years have been hard. And I know we're kind of doing this whole Philly against everyone thing. But next year, we're going to be a fucking bully. The Eagles are going to be a bully next year with Carson back. Because this whole team's returning pretty much. There's going to be some attrition, but not really. I mean, They have guys pretty much locked up. This team is going to come out with a vengeance next year. So this whole underdog thing, the underdog mask. By the way, like the the underdog thing I think is awesome. And I I've honestly just been walking around... And I, you know, I have to walk the the streets of Philly here, and I'll just start saying myself "home dogs," and I will want to yell at home dogs, but then I don't want people looking at me. Home dogs is like the most Philly thing ever, because you know we love doing this whole like everyone's against us, everyone, no one believes in us this kind of th- Rocky and and all that home dogs is just a microcosm of a bigger thing here in Philly. And I love every second of it. And I know some people are starting to get fed up with the dog mask things. And I'm just like, why? Dog masks are hilarious. Imagine the Vikings coming out here on, on Sunday to 68,000 dog masks of people in dog masks. Now, I know obviously not everyone's be wearing dog masks, but if you're coming out to a crowd of people, that's a majority in dog masks and tell me you're not a little creeped out by that, then you got something wrong with you, but I'm all for this 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 home dogs thing. Is the funniest, most Philly like the ease. It's such a rallying cry. Oh my god! Once the 30 for 30 is written about this team, or, or looking back on on the, the Super Bowl documentary, home dogs is going to be at the forefront. But um, yeah, this team, it's they're just they're just special. There's something special about them, and I can't quite put my finger on it but I just fully trust them and even if they lose on Sunday I trust this team because I think it's a it's a start of something really special here it's a start of a run and I think if Carson was here they'd be the Super Bowl favorites now there's not now they're the Super Bowl favorites no but can they still win this thing I absolutely believe they can still win this thing I I know I has not sounded like that in the last couple of weeks but I really do think that whether I mean second half foals can do some things And I don't want to be, I mean, let's just get, let's get it over with right now. Let's go back into the trust tree. Um, It took me 35 days. No, it took me 35 days to, to, to get fully over Carson Wentz. Um, You know, I, I, made the realization on Monday once I was, once I woke up and I was starting to do some reading for work and, and looking at the videos and seeing Jeff Larry dancing and seeing all the, the videos of the team in the locker room and I got to the point where I was just sitting there smiling. And it it almost made me relive Saturday night. And I was just smiling profusely. And I realized my Carson depression was over. My Carson depression was over. It was a new day. The sun was shining. Yes, our prodigal son went down. Carson Wentz was lost for the season. But you know what? Those memories aren't gone forever. And I got to the point where I was like, you know what? It's time to stop dwelling on the loss of our son and start cheering for our stepson, Nick Foles. And, you know, whatever. I'm not, you know, people will probably find tweets about how I shit on Nick Foles. Fine. Whatever. I was late. I just, it took me a while to get over Carson Wentz. And now I'm fully back in because I really, I really believe in the rest of this football team. I'm not going to say, obviously, the loss from Carson Wentz, it's not the same as losing any other player on this fan, on this team at all. It's really not. I mean, people are trying to say, like, next man up. Next man up's bullshit when you're talking about Carson Wentz. But I trust the rest of these guys. They're a, a good-ass football team. And you know who's a good-ass coach? Doug Peterson. I can't believe how good this guy has been. And it was two years ago today That the well, and whenever you listen to this, so this is the 18th of January for people who aren't listening. Well, even it's it's gonna come out tomorrow, so whatever. But on this day, two years ago, the Eagles hired Doug Peterson. And what was your reaction then? Because my reaction was fuck, like I listened to this guy talk, he just messed up the AFC championship game or AFC divisional round game against against Belichick, he seemed like an idiot. He had never really done anything in his entire career of coaching. He had just been promoted to offensive coordinator, but he just started calling plays. He was a high school coach like five years ago, and now he's going to lead this football team. It was a very nerve-wracking time. But look at how far we've come in those two years. Doug Peterson is 21 and twelve? Twenty one and twelve? I think he's twenty one and twelve in those two years. It's incredible. And I know everyone's gonna bring up Chip's record and, and whatever, but that doesn't matter. It's obviously difference between between this team and, and Chip's teams. This team actually likes Doug Peterson. That's a big change. Uh but two years ago, like we were coming off of Chip, we were all we were all we were like puppy shelter, like we were like puppies in a shelter. Like we were just terrified of everything. Because we all we all were all aboard the chip ship. We were the ones on Twitter saying, no, you're you're wrong, Heath Evans. Chip Kelly knows exactly what he's doing. He's smarter than you. He's going to revolutionize the NFL and all of that. We were all those people. That was all of us. And then we go to, chip, to Doug Peterson, and we're like, oh, this guy's so dumb. Well, guess what? Doug Peterson is everything that we thought Chip Kelly was going to be. So that is what he is. And Doug... Now, the confidence meter, the Doug Peterson confidence meter, is up to 95%. He won a playoff game with Nick Foles. And guess what? It was a brilliant game plan. He was brilliant. The back-to-back screenplays. He is, he, is, he is like a pitcher. He's like a pitcher who pitches backwards. He starts off counts with, with curveballs and change-ups. Doesn't just automatically throw in a, a fastball first pitch. He's an unorthodox football coach that has pressed every right button so far this season. And I'm so—I was never fully out on Doug. I never—I was never full James Seltzer level. But I was definitely a little worried, and I was willing to give him, give him the, the benefit of the doubt. I never thought he'd be this. I mean, Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, those two kind of—I mean, Doug with his innovative play calls and uh, a fun— atmosphere to be around him he's completely reshaped the culture of this of this locker room if, if, if you remember the chip days i mean literally if you if you stepped on the grass and stepped out of the sidewalk you were sent home like he was cutting guys who didn't need to be cut he was trading players that were talented and didn't need to be traded and the whole locker room felt that and doug peterson has come in and completely flipped that entire thing around we all made fun of jeff Lurie for talking about emotional intelligence well, guess what? It's a real thing, and Doug Peterson gets it. These guys love playing for Doug Peterson. It is awesome, and he's changed the culture of this team. This, this team is full of good guys, good people that love playing football, and like they, 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 they embrace this team thing. And last week when Doug came out with that press conference and slammed his dick on the table, I mean, it sent this message to his team, like, we're not messing around. I just I cannot believe how good Doug Peterson has been. I'm so, I am so happy that he is our coach because I think he gets it. And the former player thing is, is something that resonates with these guys. They know that he's been in the ringer. They know he's been through the same kind of things they've been through. And these guys just respond to him in a way that feels like the early 2000s all over again. It really does. Doug Peterson, uh, I mean, he, he took a quarterback that looked like he'd never played football before and had him playing good football on Sunday. He really did. He really did. He 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 played the underdog card brilliantly. He had the messages all over that locker room telling them they were they were the underdog. And the funniest part of this entire underdog thing, which like by the end of the week I was like, "All right, we get it. You're the underdogs." Like we 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 all understand that you you've been underdogs. <laughs> like I love it. I get it. You're you're trying to get yourself motivated. It's great. All about it. But at the end of the week, I was like, all right, we get it. But anyway, they, the the legendary first Kyle Brandt rant. Now, he he came out with one yesterday that was equally as awesome. But last week, he did one with the Falcons. And in that, you could tell it was sarcasm. But if you doctored it up, you wouldn't know that was sarcasm. You would think that he was going to pick against the Eagles. And guess what the Eagles did? (laughs) The Eagles doctored up that entire thing. The entire Kyle Brandt rant from last week and turned it around to make it seem like he was picking against the Eagles. All that sarcasm that he was saying, they turned it into that was actually what he believes. They changed that whole thing. That's why they've been all so weird about, like, like that's why, like, Brandon Graham's been weird about Kyle Brandt. And they were saying, like, fuck Peter Schrager and all this stuff because they because <laughs> the Eagles video team doctored up the entire rant and changed it all around to make it sound right to make it sound like he was picking against them in the most like obvious way that he's being sarcastic but somehow they all believe that that kyle Brandt was picking against them and i think that is awesome i read that in the athletic that's not like i'm not making that story up that's actually legit i've read that i think Sheil she'll put that out there that yeah they changed around kyle Brandt's entire video i think that's doug i think that's all doug um Man, he was great. Jim Schwartz had his guys prepared. Now they, they did miss some freaking tackles, which was infuriating. And they like here's the thing about the Vikings. I I this Vikings team is is, is pretty terrifying. And they don't they play pretty much mistake free football. They're a very solid football team. And you're not gonna win this game by fumbling four times, messing up special team stuff and being in the negative two in the turnover category. You're just not gonna do that. So but We'll worry about that on Sunday. Saturday was just it was it was awesome, and it it really felt like a party atmosphere. The dog masks, I'm all aboard the dog mask thing. Uh, just the the team is just in such a good spot, and the Doug Peterson confidence meter ninety five percent. Congratulations, Doug! Finish out that five percent and bring us home that ring. Bring us home that ring with Nick Foles as our quarterback because why not? Like at this point. Like, I'm done fighting about Nick Foles. Obviously, he's not that great. But maybe he can get this thing done for us. Because why not? All in. I want to tell the other fan bases that we won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles as our quarterback. I think that is hilarious. And it'd be the ultimate rubbin. So So, uh, all aboard. Let's move on. Can I just say that I absolutely love when other fan bases are terrified of us. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Philly fans, you know, there's some Philly fans that are like, oh, yeah, Philly against everyone. Hey, fuck. It. We're just like, you know, I'm not there. And then there's some people who are like, man, don't be, don't give us a bad rap. You know, I really do thoroughly enjoy <laughs> scared fan bases. And the Vikings fans are terrified of coming from South Philadelphia. I want you to listen. To just this weak sauce from the people in Minnesota. Now Minnesotians are very nice people. This isn't the time to be very nice people. Listen to this this news report <laughs> from Minnesota. Here
1: we go. Tonight's rundown. We are just days away from the Vikings' next playoff matchup, and fans are looking to follow the team to Philadelphia. Fox 9's Rob Olson joining us live from MSP. Rob, SOME AIRLINES ARE OFFERING VERY UNIQUE AND FUN DEALS. Yeah, SUN COUNTRY uh, OFFERING A PRETTY UNIQUE DEAL. IF YOU DON'T WANT TO STAY OVERNIGHT OUT IN PHILLY, YOU GO THERE AND BACK IN ONE DAY. SO POPULAR NOW THAT THEY ADDED A SECOND CHARTER FLIGHT TO THAT TODAY. THERE'S THAT OPTION. THERE'S A CHARTER SERVICE THAT IS PIGGYBACKING ON THAT TOO. AND ADDING a, SOME GROUND TRANSPORTATION. BUT THEN YOU STILL GOT TO BUY A TICKET TOO. IT COULD BE A FUN DAY, BUT uh, ALSO uh, IT COMES WITH A WARNING. A WARNING. If you're planning to go to the game in Philly or even thinking about it, you should be warned. I think the first thing you better understand is that uh, you are in foreign territory. Steve and Dorothy Urban have run creative charters for 25 years, and this Sunday will lead a one-day trip to Philly.
0: We leave at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning, flying out on Sun Country, and return. uh, the flight returns at 1 a.m.
1: Their price, $700, will include a Sun Country flight and a bus. They'll guide you through some sightseeing. You're on your own to find tickets. But you'll also get some guidance from them going into Lincoln Financial Field, which can be rough.
0: So I would advise you not to be over-inebriated because they will be.
1: The Creative Charters (laughs) trip is a block of seats on the Sun Country same-day round-trip to Philly, which today added a second plane. If you want to just be on your own on the ground, the Sun Country rate is $599. Right now it was $375 last I looked for standing room only, and you can go upwards to 10 dollars a ticket. At Ticket King in Minneapolis, they tell us there are plenty of tickets out there, but the cheapest is in the $400 range, and it's about the same at the NFL Ticket Exchange. And they, too, say you can really enjoy a game in Philly, but you just might want to remove your jersey before it's over.
2: If the Vikings win, yes, I would take off any sort of, like, colors. I know it sounds ridiculous, like we're almost talking about gangs here, but it's, it's no joke down in Philly. It really isn't. Yeah,
1: it gets pretty notorious out there. It can be a rough crowd, but it uh, could be a fun game.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, first of all, Philly fans are the only fans that uh, <laughs> that drink poor games. Oh, my God. It's just, they're so, they're so, everyone's so afraid of us. It's, it's the best. It's the absolute best. The Vikings fans... The Vikings fans are are so afraid of us. It's just it's just funny. It's just funny to me. when well, like they're basically gangs. <laughs> Which I mean, listen, if you're gonna wear it here's the thing. If there's any Vikings fans listening to this podcast, you can come to the game. I would recommend wearing a a Vikings Randall Cunningham jersey if you want to be safe. You can come to the game. It's just like when when you're when you're outwardly obnoxious about your team in our stadium. It's really annoying. So, you know, you can come, but like be smart. Don't be an idiot. But I do love how how scared you are. <laughs> I love I love every second of how scared you are. Now, I know it's technically their off season, but it's never a bad time to make fun of the Cowboys. And the Cowboys I, I just two little Cowboys things here. The first one Their Twitter account put out the most weak sauce, the most weak sauce tweet maybe I've ever seen. So, this is from the Dallas Cowboys official Twitter account. There are a lot of former Dallas Cowboys players and coaches that are heading to NFC and AFC title games this weekend. 18 to be exact. Congratulations. Congratulations, Cowboys. You have 18 people who aren't Cowboys who are going to be playing this weekend or coaching this weekend you know who else is going to be there? 53 eagles. and then a whole coaching staff. how's that make you feel? and here's my last thing on the cowboys for today's episode, but i want you to i want you to close your eyes. i want you to close your eyes with me again. second time i'm asking you to close your eyes this episode, but i need you to close your eyes again. and i know we don't want to think about the draft just yet, but just close your eyes. and just imagine Roger Goodell stepping to the podium and the music starts going in the background. That's what it sounds like, right? Um, uh, and he goes, The world champion Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. That's another reason to be there. That's another reason to be all in on this team when the Super Bowl. Don't you want to go down to Dallas next year and have them announce to Dallas fans? That the Eagles are world champion Just to rub it in a little bit more. And maybe Roger gets creative and goes, the world champion Philadelphia Eagles that won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles and their franchise top five MVP quarterback is coming back next season. Cowboys fans, select Roquan Smith. No, no, it's not going to be Roquan Smith, but I would do a lot of things to make sure Roquan Smith is on this team next year. However, that's beside the point. Give me that. Dear football gods. Give me an Eagles Super Bowl with Nick Foles at the helm so we can have that little thing over Dallas of going to Dallas and announcing that the Eagles are world champions, and then for the next six rounds, we each bring out one more legend, roll them out there, and just remind them, again, that the Eagles are Super Bowl champions to all those little fraud asses down there. I need that more than life itself, football gods. please. Please let that come to reality. I need that little extra rubbing it in that the Eagles are Super Bowl champions in Dallas. Please, one time. One time, football guys. All right, let's check the mailbag, the CounterPoint mailbag, which you can always check at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. The first mailbag question. Subject head: Living with the enemy. Sounds like a nightmare. Hey Jack, so you've gone over the topic of diseased Eagles fans in various kinds of relationship, and I'd like to offer a new perspective. Okay. Um, my boyfriend is a filthy, eagle hating, Viking loving casual, and god, I cannot wait to hear the excuses come this Sunday. So if he's a Viking loving casual, so he just might he must be a Sunday Viking fan. That like when they see the annoying thing about living with a casual is that. When they went, like if they lost, he wouldn't be that upset. He wouldn't be crushed. He like you, like if if the Eagles lost on Sunday, it says AA. So I don't know, anonymous maybe. I don't know. But if they if the 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 difference between a casual fan and a diseased fan, or a Sunday fan and a diseased fan, is that when your team loses, it crushes you. You're done for a couple of days. When a casual loses, it's just like, okay, we'll get them next year. Whatever. Like my, I I love my team. Yeah, that kind of sucks to live with because then if they win, they're also annoying (laughs) where they're like... Because it's like you don't even really care, you know. Um, Okay, and then let me finish your question. Sorry. I I, I went preemptive. Uh, Granted, he is from Minnesota, but I'll tell you, the thought of the Eagles handing that L to the Vikings is so much sweeter because of my situation. What are your thoughts on living with the enemy? So, um, never done this in my life, but I think living with the enemy could be really fun for your relationship you know keep things fresh as these seasons go on i really do think that i think that'd be fun uh even if he is a fake which he is i mean if you're just a casual you're just you're you're a a fake in my situation obviously if they win way sweeter it's awesome because then he could just be like haha whatever they lost and since he's a fake he'll just be like oh yeah haha still love you and then but if they if the eagles lose He's going to rub it in your face, and since you're an actual diseased Eagles fan, then it's just like, this fucking sucks. I think we should break up. So I think it's great. See, he's not really the enemy, though, because it's not like we hate the Vikings. We just hate the Vikings this week. So you're not really living with the enemy. It's definitely tough for this one week. So, sure, I mean, once every ten years, I feel like. No. Well, I'll say once every six and a half years, (laughs) your teams are going to match up against each other in a big game. Now, regular season's a little different. Regular season's fine. You'll you'll, you'll be able to get over that. Playoffs is is where it gets different. Now, I think it's perfectly fine to live with the enemy, and I think it's going to add some extra juice to a relationship. But you really got to contain yourself if they lose. Because, like, if if I was doing this situation, listen, I would say some pretty messed up things, like, I'm ready to move out, time to break off everything, nice knowing you, get out of my house. I don't know how you would react. That's how I would react. So just, if they do lose on Sunday... Remind him that we have Carson Wentz coming back next year, and good luck with that. That's my that's my advice. Aa. Todd Tamori, checks in. Hi, Bubba Chucka. G- that's cool. That must be a uh, a Allen Iverson reference. Hey, Jack, I live in Hawaii. Well, congrats, Todd. Well, it's it's uh, 15 degrees out here today. Back where real footballs played, Todd. In this kind of weather. Um, and my diseased eagle fandom was confirmed this past Saturday when when our entire state was sent an EMS warning about a potential tactical missile attack from North Korea. And trust tree one of my many thoughts running through my head was that I could possibly miss the Eagles game later in the day. I Love that, Todd. Listen, there may be a nuclear warhead coming, but <laughs> listen, the Eagles got to get this win today. Nah, I think I think I think your priorities were in the correct spot, Todd. Um, thankfully, the warning. Turned out to be a false alarm, and the birds won. So, all around, the best possible outcome uh, for the day, to say the least. Yes, you are alive, and the Eagles won a football game. Which would have been more important? Probably the Eagles game. But, whatever. Um, anyways, I wanted to get your thoughts on how awesome it would be for the Eagles to send all their team captains on IR out for the coin toss this Sunday. Kind of a passive-aggressive way to remind the NFL at large that we made the NFC Championship game, despite having to overcome the loss of J.P., Carson, Sproles, Hicks, and Maragos. And to serve notice on how strong our team is going to be for years to come once we come back with a full squad. Um, listen, I, I I would usually agree, but I kind of feel like it. You know, it's 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 on them now. Maybe after the game, if they if the if the Eagles lose, I think that would be an interesting way, kind of to semi calm everyone down. Send out all the team captains, or send out Carson, send out all those guys. And just and just remind everyone that the Eagles are going to be a fucking bully for a decade. Uh, I don't know. I feel like about pregame setting him out there. I think it's more. It's it's about the it's about the team now. Like we, I think we were all over those injuries, and yes, we've all overcome those injuries. And yes, they are our best players at every single major major category. I mean, look, JP is our best offensive lineman. Carson's our quarterback. Darren Sproles is our, probably our best running back if you're actually looking at talent-wise. Hicks is arguably our most important defender besides Malcolm Jenkins. and you know, I mean, Hicks is the best linebacker. Uh, and Maragos is our best special teams player. We lost the best player at each one of our positions, and we're in the NFC Championship game. I, I, I still can't get over that. Um, I don't know about sending them out there pregame. Normally, I would agree with you, but I just kind of feel like it's about the team now. It's not about those guys anymore. Now, again, if they do lose, then I would send them out there. As a as a as a big middle finger to everyone else. Um. All right, moving on here. So this is from James Bray, who again broke up with his girlfriend before the Seattle game, thus causing Carson Wentz to destroy everything in his knee. James, this is all your fault. <laughs> he says that I think I met someone worse than a South Philly Dallas fan. James, I don't I don't think that's possible. Let's let's figure out why. I went on a date with a girl who wasn't a football fan, which is fine, whatever. I mean, Jill's not a football fan. But uh, she wouldn't even let her best friend, who is a Packers fan and doesn't have cable, come over and watch the last 20 minutes of the game. I think it's worse than being a South Philly Cowboys fan because I think even they would let you watch the last 20 minutes of an Eagles game if you didn't have cable. What do you think? That's pretty bad. And I'm glad this was only a date because she sounds like a person that's, not only not a football fan, but she seems like someone who hates football and doesn't wouldn't understand, James, why you're so invested in this Eagles team. Um, I agree with you that a South Philly Cowboys fan would let you come over and watch the end of an Eagles game, but they'd also make fun of you if they lost, which sucks. I would run. I would run, James. I would run as fast as you can because, listen, like, if you're like me, you kind of go through lengths and you'll do whatever it takes to watch an Eagles game. And if she doesn't let you watch a, a lick of it, is she really worth it. I mean, sure. She could be really attractive, which is great. But if you're looking for a potential soulmate, I mean, it doesn't sound like a good combination. She needs to be able to give in a little bit. And she sounds like someone that would hate football and would just be like really not understanding of your situation, James. So that's what I would do. I would run. I would run. Maybe she's not the one. No matter how attractive, you gotta you gotta connect on a, on an emotional level. And it sounds like she would hate a certain part about you, James. And I don't want I just don't want that. I'm looking out for you, honestly. Um all right. From Adam. Jack, big fan of the pod. My question. If the Vikings pull this off and have the final possession, is Mike Zimmer savage enough to put Bradford out onto the field for the final play to take a knee? The thought alone makes my blood boil. P.S. the Teddy Bear thing. He did last year is super weird. Yeah, dude, that guy's Mike Zimmer is like a psycho football guy. Like he loves football more than he loves his family. I'm pretty sure about that. He's one of those kind of football coaches, like Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, those kind of guys. Mike Zimmer's an absolute psychopath. And it's also weird, like when I hear Mike Zimmer talk, I wouldn't expect like his soft, like, uh, he has like that kind of voice, which is weird. I think it'd be like, listen, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go and play some football. And he's just like a he's a high pitched guy, which I didn't I didn't peg Mike Zimmer for that kind of thing. Here's the thing about Bradford. It's like, man, do I semi-low-key want to see him come onto the field for like a second on Sunday? And the reason I want him to come on the field, because I think it would it would give Eagles fans that extra little bit of juice. Just a little bit of juice. And by the way, Adam, I love that you're preemptively getting angry about this game, even though this is a very minute probably not going to happen scenario i'd love that you're already fired up about it but i want bradford to come out there you know when things are you know it's a little tense in the stadium because i think if bradford came out there eagles fans would flip a switch and if you remember in the 2004 uh postseason it was the year after pedro the whole who's your daddy Uh, all that I want that same kind of thing with Bradford because Pedro came to a game against the Yankees and it was already out of hand. And and Tito Francona brought him in and it revved up the entire Yankee stadium. And I want the same kind of thing. I need a who's your daddy chant for Sam Bradford. But uh, I don't think Mike Zimmer is savage enough to do that at all. But I love that you're preemptively already getting angry. From Scott Maxwell, which Eagles player would you want to be the best man at your wedding? So, it's really tough to decide. Uh, obviously, the answer most of the time would be Carson. But I I didn't want to answer Carson because I didn't want to. I think, I think everyone would expect me to pick Carson. I think Jalen Mills would be the funniest best man ever. Because, first off, everyone loves, loves Jalen Mills. And even though he's not that great. He does the finger wag thing and he's super cocky. And I think like he also makes you feel way better about yourself. I think Jalen Mills would would deliver a a expletive lace speech about me, which I think would be interesting for the whole crowd. Um, but I also think he'd like really hype me up. He he's like I think I think Jalen Mills is the best hype man on this team. Uh and I mean, he would have Jill believing that she was marrying a ten. That's kind of how I feel about it. Jalen Mills, I think would be, is an underrated slash would be a great best man. Plus if he's my best man then he's making everyone have green hair, which would be interesting. Um, I think Jalen Mills would be the best hype man slash make me feel good about myself slash really good talker, uh, talks all the time, comes on our station all the time. He's like really excited about everything. I think he'd get really into the best man speech. I think he would do a bunch of homework. Um, He kind of lives for this kind of thing, getting everyone excited. I think Jalen Mills is the correct answer, though, Scott. Let's check out the Twitter, which you can always tweet me at, at JackFritzWIP, new Twitter account. It's no longer Jack underscore Fritz34. Okay, so from our friend Neil Dutton, every time Neil Dutton puts in a a thing, which congratulations, Neil, uh, on Key and Fahey being gone. So the European football fans, it's good for your brand as well. I'm going to read it this in a British accent, like I always do for Neil Dutton. For the Super Bowl, would the headwear of choice be the dog mask or a visor in honor of Doug? I'm thinking both could be a struggle. So first off, Neil, uh, you spelled honor, H-O-N-O-U-R, which is just wrong. Not going to go grammar police on you, but who spells honor like that? That's on our, which is wrong, Neil, obviously. Um, I think the correct answer here is both. The dog mask with the Dougie P visor. That's the beauty of a visor is that you can just put it over a dog mask. Is that not the best of both worlds, Neil? That's the correct answer. Uh, from Ben Briggs. I had a dream that the Eagles dominated the Vikings on Sunday. Uh, was it, he's tweeting at me, was it you that had a dream this season that it came true? As an advocate and a point listener, I am hoping that magic rubs off on me. So here's the thing, Ben, is that I actually had a dream that Alshon's ankle was in half, like Ronald Darby's in week one. So no, um, that was not a good dream. It was actually a nightmare. I think it might have been BLG that had a a dream about this season. I I really haven't had an Eagles dream in a while, which is bad. But the, the, the last Eagles dream I had, I just remember Alshon's ankle being in half. So... Uh, from Brandon Helms. Helms, one of those two. Um, earlier in the season, we had a crucial engagement game. Yes. Um, if Foles delivers the next two games, will the wedding actually be sooner than expected? Well, listen, the thing about planning a wedding is that it takes a long time and we're already getting married late August. So, uh, that's already pretty fast. I don't know if I can move it up any faster, but the key part is, is that it'll be done before the start of next season. So, um, if they come out bad next year, that'd be bad for the, the wedding. It's no longer engagement games. Then it turns into wedding games. And if they come out slow and Carson isn't healthy, mm, the wedding could be on the hot seat. Um, From Hey There Mr. Sky, if we win, would you want Jacksonville to beat New England for a better chance of the Super Bowl win? Or do you want the Pats so haters won't diminish it? So, well, obviously that game is before our game. But here's what I was thinking that would be kind of cool. Is if you remember in 2007, the Eagles were or the Phillies were playing the Washington Nationals in the final uh, game of the regular season, and, and to complete that Mets collapse, all they had to do was lose, and the Phillies win, and the Phillies are in. And before the game, uh, the Mets were already playing, and they were getting the, the they, they were getting blown out by the Florida Marlins. And as they as the Marlins kept scoring runs, the crowd get, kept getting louder and louder and louder. And by the time the game started. The Marlins had already pretty much won, and the crowd was just electric. I could see the same kind of thing happening this weekend, where we see Jacksonville beating New England, and it's like, oh my God, we're going to play Jacksonville in the Super Bowl. This is going to be incredible. Um, Here's the thing is that I'm kind of like, I don't think Blake Bortles is going to beat Bill Belichick. That would just be something that would floor me, although Mark Sanchez did beat Bill Belichick. But Bortles is a different kind of bad um but that defensive line is exactly the kind of thing that would would uh it's a, the the exact kryptonite to Brady so i don't know new england fans are overly confident about this game and i get i get it cuz it's Blake Bortles and and whatever but that defensive line is something to uh, be be afraid of i kind of want to play new england because i just want to beat the patriots more than anything and overcome 2004 And also, symbol, the the beginning of the end of the reign up there. Because if we beat the Pats with Nick Foles as our quarterback, I mean, are we the new Patriots? It's a fair question to ask. I would really like to beat the Patriots with Nick Foles. I think that would be fucking hilarious. Because then next year, watch out. Okay. Uh, What's the line saying? (laughs) So last week, I was definitely a little bit nervous about um, about that line, and for good measure. But by the time Sunday rolled around, and I saw that the line hadn't moved at all, even though all the big money was on the was on the Eagles, I felt that's probably why I was so confident. I knew they were going to win that game once I saw that. Once that tweet came out Sunday morning, I think it was from Evan Silva. He was saying that all this money's on the Eagles, but the line's not moving at all. All the sharp money's on the Eagles, but the line is not moving at all. And I kind of feel the same way this week. You know, the line is still at three. I think it's going to be down at two and a half around game time, but I think people are going to be hammering the Vikings. I really do. I, Man, I like the Eagles in this mashup. I can't explain why I like the Eagles. I think it's a product of being at home. I think it's a product of having to come into South Philly and a product of, I just can't see Case Keenum coming in here and winning a football game. I just can't, My mind cannot envision that. So, with that saying, I think I would take the Eagles if I was betting this weekend. Now, I'm not betting this weekend because I had the Saints money line <laughs> on Sunday and I lost a good chunk change, good chunk of change on Stephon Diggs's miracle. And I was super upset, but whatever. Now, if I was betting this weekend... I think the Eagles are the play. I think the Eagles are the play. That's what the line is saying to me. And that's going to do it for the Counterpoint Podcast. Who knows? The next time we talk, the Eagles be, could be in the Super Bowl. How crazy is that? Close your eyes and say to yourself the Eagles are a win away from the Super Bowl because that's all I've been doing for the last week. Thanks as always for listening and go first. <laughs> listen,
1: Listen listen, listen.
0: This is what your second record and It's the song you wrote.